welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Means means Forever. Forever. This is the podcast where we talk about all of the little daytime drama, all of the little nighttime drama, all of the commercial break drama, and, you know, laugh about everything. Uh, We're talking about your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Netflix, Lifetime, and you know where else. Uh, So today's special, we have a special guest with us. Betsy, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. You two are just awesome. Um, I am Betsy from Hallmark Happenings podcast. And like you two, I just love made for TV movies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're so glad that uh, you could be on our podcast. We've been on yours. So it's, it's exciting to, to have our little podcast world family. Exactly. Such a nice community we have here over (laughs) on the the Hallmark side. Um, so Hannah, what do we have today? What are we discussing? So we're talking about a brand new movie uh, today. Uh, it aired on August 21st, 2021, and it was called, or is called, I suppose it hasn't changed its name since airing, uh, A Little Daytime Drama. And this is what Hallmark has to say about this movie. In order to save her daytime soap drama from cancellation, head writer Maggie must convince Darren, fan favorite actor, and her real-life ex-boyfriend to return to the show. And it stars Jen Lilly, Ryan Pavey, and Linda Danow. So Jen Lilly's Maggie has been the head writer on Forever is a Long, Long Time, which is a long-running soap opera. But her true dream is to be the producer-slash-showrunner which should be happening pretty soon because the current producer, Alice, played by soap superstar Linda Dano, is looking to retire. But her dreams are in trouble when the studio threatens to end the show for good due to poor ratings. Ratings have been declining ever since Darren, played by Ryan Pavey, left the show to go do a Broadway play, which subsequently flopped big time. Before Darren left, he was dating Maggie pretty seriously, Uh, but when she didn't like the play, that basically ended their relationship. It's more complicated, but that's all you need to know. Uh, But he's back in L.A. being a backyard gentleman gardener, or farmer, or whatever they call him, uh, looking for his next thing, which, if Maggie has her way, will be to return to forever. But Darren is not interested in coming back. He's feeling insecure in his acting abilities after the disastrous play. He also doesn't want to go back on his word and return when he said he never would. So, nope, he is not reprising his dead character, no matter how much Maggie offers. But his agent pushes, and ugh, fine, he'll go back for four weeks. Four weeks isn't a lot of time to write Darren back on the show from, you know, being dead. Get the ratings for the show up. Plan a 40th anniversary party for the longest-running members of the cast. And convince Darren to stay longer than the four weeks. (laughs) But Maggie is going to try her hardest to make it all happen. Her career and those of her friends, otherwise known as other people who work on the show, depend on it. (laughs) 
So after his first day back, while at a play of another castmate, Darren and Maggie learn that the venue for the anniversary party had a fire that, and they can no longer use it. Oh no! Uh, but Darren, being a nice guy, offers his house as another venue. He's got one of those beautiful, like, ugh, I would kill to have this be my house and yard places, so whatever. So because it's at his house, he is now default part of the party planning committee, of course. So more time with Maggie. And the makeup girl on the show is starting a weekly hiking club, so Saturday mornings will be for walks up to the Hollywood sign, so lots of extra non-worky time together. (laughs) So Maggie notices Darren's taking secretive phone calls and assumes that he's talking to a new girlfriend that he just doesn't want her to know about. Unclear if he's embarrassed or wants to to spare her feelings, whatever. So Darren initially has some issues getting back into the swing of things. He forgets his first lines, and Maggie has to, like, give him a pep talk. Then there's the soap opera convention, and Alice has to back out. So Maggie has to take her place and go do this convention full of, for 20 people. (laughs) Probably a lot more, but we only see 20 people. Um, But at the resort for the convention, Maggie and Darren have rooms right next to each other, uh, which means more phone call eavesdropping for Maggie. And then there's the panel about the show that they're both on. And Maggie is super nervous about being in front of people, but Darren helps her through it. And when asked what his first date would be uh, by one of the panel uh, attendees, he ends up describing their first date. Um, And once Maggie realizes that he's specifically describing their date and not his standard first date mo she melts a little bit Ooh, i keep just i keep saying ooh because i feel like it's the correct response (laughs) to soap operas but whatever and she jumps in and saves him when there is a question about the crappy play that he was in so things are starting to look better for the show darren's comeback is upping the ratings and he's really seriously thinking about staying longer even though his agent has found him a new play if he wants and the party goes well including a toast about workplace romances from darren which is one of those i'm gonna give a generic toast that's secretly about me speeches um and maggie wants to pitch taking the show in a new direction otherwise known as feminism (laughs) but alice isn't so sure Uh, she doesn't want to lose the audience they've had for the past 40 years so of course darren doesn't have another girlfriend he's obviously still into maggie and maggie finally figures it out by walking in on darren and his acting coach like in completely in the middle of a scene with other people there it was really embarrassing and of course she is like super embarrassed because she misread everything and she's like oh my gosh and maggie's like let's make a pact to not keep secrets from each other anymore plus now he's a romantic option for maggie maggie finally gets the courage to show alice her new direction ideas and alice actually loves them even though she was like not wanting to do it two seconds ago They pitch it to the network successfully, and Alice retires. So, bye-bye, Alice. She, like, leaves that day, I'm pretty sure. She's just gone. (laughs) So now Maggie is in charge. But at the next meeting with the network, she learns that Darren has taken this new play, 
and besides being upset that he's leaving the show again, this breaks their no secrets pact. So guess who is getting hit by a bus on TV? <laughs> I'm sorry. I loved that. She's like, well, he's leaving. How do we kill him off for good this time? <laughs> bus. <laughs> sorry, but we funny. all know that buses don't kill people when you get hit by them because Regina George showed us that. Right. So um, Darren is a bit surprised by Maggie's reaction. He planned to take her on a date and uh, tell her about the play. On the next hike outing, Maggie learns that the play is actually not in New York, but in L.A. So he can do the soap and the play simultaneously. Who'd have thunk it? So Maggie goes to his house to apologize, and they admit they are still in love. And so they kiss. And since... One One kiss kiss means means forever. These soap opera people are going to make it work this time. Forever. Because that's the name of the show. Forever is a long, long time. (laughs) Hooray! Yay! So, let's jump in to our WTF moments. This this movie was a little all over the place for me. I mean, they had some cute moments, but I want to say that the biggest thing for me in this movie, in terms of like, what is... Okay, I used to watch soap operas. I used to watch one soap opera, and Hallmark fans should know that, like, Jesse Metcalf was in my favorite soap opera, which was Passions. And Passions was bonkers bananas. I loved it. There was witchcraft and wizardry. It was all crazy. Whatever. Um, And so, like... The fact that he's he wants to spend four weeks only on this pot on on this I almost said podcast on this soap opera, like I feel like one plot line gets dished out in like not even four weeks. Like it takes months for an entire plot line to really come to fruition on on a soap opera. So couldn't he have like done the play and then like come back? Like they didn't have to kill him off if he was only gone for a little while. I don't know. That was my first thought. Well. My issue with this movie was and is the play because I am very confused as somebody who has like inside baseball knowledge of Broadway and how that works. I could not for the life of me figure this out because first of all, I agree. He's probably only going for a limited run. What is what what is he should have been able to come back. I agree. But also, what is this play that 16 different actors have passed on before it comes to him that he is going to be a big enough star to headline on Broadway with no previews or not or out of town trials rather. And the producers are like just good with putting up this money. I like I just I just didn't buy it. I don't, you know, he could do a play. Absolutely. It could be a crappy play. That's totally fine. But it should not have been on Broadway. Not initially, at least. He either should have stepped into an already existing part or it should, he shouldn't have been the headliner because no, not enough people would know who he was. As big as soap opera people are, I think it's a very niche market who know who they are. I think that depends, but I hear what you're saying. Betsy, what did you think? Um, well, 
I have to say, I watched Days of Our Lives for years and Passions would come on afterwards. And I had no idea that Jesse Metcalf was in that. And it was so funny because <laughs> it was kooky. And I'd be like, what is this show? But I had to watch it because it was on right afterwards. But <laughs> funny you mentioned that. And uh, do you either of you watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, last season with... Um, miss julie the play they put on on broadway and it just was atrocious because she went into her character uh, jane lynch her character she like had to go back into her crazy uh put that on your plate character yeah it was one of those things and everyone was just like i'm never going back to that play (laughs) i mean that's not a bad that's not a bad hypothesis as to what might have happened maybe everything was gravy and then like someone had a breakdown or whatever that is possible there's also the one thing I um, that's just occurred to me, but I I distinctly remember the um, the head of the company that I worked for on Broadway talking about like some people just can't do stage, and some stage people can't do screen. Like you know, famously Ethel Merman, like one of the biggest Broadway stars ever like couldn't do movies just like it it didn't go well (laughs) maybe maybe what happened with ryan pavey in this movie is he was in the production of three days of rain with julia roberts that did not last very long that is how i can see like something can just go to broadway with nothing if like he wasn't the biggest star but was part of it and then maybe that star was so bad not i love julia roberts but she was not good on stage per your right there are those but they still last a decent amount of time just on name recognition. They wouldn't close after two weeks. Two weeks is really harsh because that doesn't even mean that you've gone through your month of previews. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we know from other Hallmark movies that they don't know how theater works in a lot of, and I mean, sometimes they get it right, but what was that one movie that like uh, Save the Last Dance or <laughs> what was it? <laughs> the one with Becca Tobin where they don't know how the stage door works. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh my God. It was. Do you know what I'm talking about, Betsy? Is that called Nile Matter? Yeah. Matter. Yeah. That one. You're. Yeah. You're right. What was that called? (laughs) It Uh, was definitely had dance in the title because she was teaching him how to dance. And love at first dance. Yeah, I think that must be. Yes, I think that's that's what it was. Because yeah, Betsy to the rescue. Um, was there anything that stuck out uh, to you besides all of that, Betsy or Hannah? Like, b- besides like the play part, was there anything else about this movie that was like glaringly, oh my gosh, what is happening? The, the only other thing that I think uh, we should talk about particularly is what I, in my notes, called the bait and switch of the therapist. I yeah, yeah, yeah. was so excited that I thought he was going to be going to a therapist (laughs) like a talk therapist to deal with his anxiety over being over performing and then when it just turned out to be an acting coach I was really disappointed I was really hoping it was going to go into like like pro mental health direction (laughs) I agree with you I got excited with the rubber band um but drama is therapy therapy is drama yes but but i i know what you were saying yeah i i think 
I think even if he, if it had, if they had called it drama therapy, I would have felt better about it. It's the fact that they didn't. Hmm, that's interesting. I agree with you. I mean, I think we all were thinking it's definitely a therapist. I mean, just the way it seemed it was, but I guess like you're saying, it, he was overcoming something in his own way. And I guess that was his outlet where he felt accepted by those in his acting class. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, like it was, it, I will agree. It was definitely a, a form of therapy, uh, but it just, I, I wish they had called it therapy and like truly acknowledged the mental health aspect of what it was rather than just like, we're helping him like feel better about this. You know, I, I wanted it to be more overtly mental healthy. Yeah. They certainly set it up that way that yeah. it was going to be with the yeah. rubber band. Yeah, I do say like that. Uh, it was nice though to see Ryan Pavey. He's always just the Mister. I have it all together, Ooh, Mister <laughs> Handsome. And this, it was nice <laughs> to see him be vulnerable and kind of need help and be unsure of himself. That we just don't see that. And I actually, I don't feel like you see that much on any Hallmark movie. So that was a nice change for someone. Just they don't have it all together, and it's not like they're overworking themselves. They just are. They're self conscious, and they need to kind of get over something. That's true. Yeah. I 100% sure. agree with that. Um, and I didn't even consider it being Ryan Pavey, but one of my notes was like, I, you're right that that's, this is kind of a new trajectory for him, but I did really appreciate the sensitivity of being a performer and because of your mental health, not really being able to surpass it, um, not projecting me at all onto this podcast. Um, <laughs> you're allowed to project yourself onto your own podcast, Katie. That's Thank you. That's okay. I guess which is why I was kind of excited that it would be like a therapist or drama therapist. So I'm like, they're, they're telling my story. But um, <laughs> but I agree that I was really nice to see Ryan Pavey as somebody who is not perfect because externally he seems to be. So <laughs> perfect Pavey. even say that. <laughs> perfect Pavey. <laughs> um, All right. Should we jump into Hallmark Hallmarks? Let, let's do it. Um, we could so, do another round robin style, just go in a circle and until we're out. Um, so Katie, why don't you start? Sure. Um, I have that. We have an old flame. They used to date. Ah. Um, my first one was do this one thing and get the promotion. <laughs> that is the trope. <laughs> Betsy, what do you have next? Oh, uh, this one was a little different for me. I was, it just didn't feel like your, your average, someone comes to save the town. Someone meets someone while they're dating someone. So I actually, I, before this, I was on a chat with Jen Lilly and she called it soap tropes, which is, you know, all the funny things that the soaps have coming back. It's a different character. It's a younger character aging up 10 years in one year, the secret twin brother, uh, two people switched at birth. So, I mean, if you want to go on soap tropes, that would be maybe one to include. <laughs> there, there certainly were those. That's There's, true. <laughs> there certainly were those. But on your note, I my next is, we have to save the soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> I have that one too. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. So there's something does need to be saved in rescue. Yeah, yeah they got to make sure it doesn't get canceled by bringing and them back. And we have a force to plan a party together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we do have the, the moment that they're mistaken for a couple mm -hmm. when they have those drinks. Um, we have a few interrupted kisses. Y'all are good at this. <laughs> 
we've been doing it for a while. It's, it's, it's upsetting how quickly I can spot these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you two just keep going. I'm just listening. And I'm like, well, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> no more soap tropes. I mean, some of these I'm sure come up in soaps too. Yes. I'm sure they do. Like my next one I know has come up in soap operas where you give a heartfelt public speech that is obviously meant to express their own emotions about somebody else. I called that toast to others. That is actually about your own relationship. <laughs> and then that Harry met Sally uh, reference. That was funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was wonderful. I'll have what they're having. Uh, my last is the, just the straight up, just jumping to conclusions. Mm-hmm. I have a few quick ones. All right. We have, uh, there was a guy who is in shape and a girl who quote unquote, isn't even though she like clearly is, um, <laughs> uh, someone who has no authority to do so tells you, you have approval to take time off. That's true. Um, and we have the impulsive hug that is sort of regretted. Oh, they're like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Hug. Oh, ooh, I'm sorry. Right. Um, I, I touched you. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of mine have been talked about. <laughs> Just because I'm um I have I'm looking at a picture in front of me. Uh we do have a dog, which I feel like is not a trope that we usually talk about, but I'm gonna make it one. We have a furry friend, a furry friend that steals the show. Did anybody I believe- catch? the dog's name something with a w willie wallace wallace something with a w i genuinely don't know and i've watched this movie twice and had closed captioning on and i still missed it (laughs) i think that's is on the right track i think it was like a wally or a waldo or (laughs) waldo (laughs) Uh, i think it's the same dog that was in the one with kathy lee gifford's daughter and then the Wyatt Nash, I think is his name. Uh, I think that's oh, the same beagle. Maybe it is the same right. dog. I don't know. I oh. think it is. I'm going to say they like to reuse those dogs. They do you know? like to reuse the dog, but I, it, you know, when it's not Gidget, I don't notice as much. Gidget the terrier. <laughs> Gidget is, is such a, a specific looking dog that I'm like, I know that's Gidget. <laughs> um, so I guess we should move on to Pretty Parade. Um. I have two pretties and two aunties. I think we should let Betsy kick this one off because I have a few too. Uh, Betsy, was there anything in particular that was either beautiful, pretty, you had to mention, or something that you were like, that is so ugly, I can't believe it? Okay, so let's start with the ugly, um, the hentai pretty parade. I mean, obviously this was not filmed in LA because I thought the whole canyon thing was really funny. I mean, if you know what the canyons look like in LA, they are just like dirt mountains and I could see some, some green trees in the background. I'm like, it doesn't look like that. It just looks like the desert up there. So that was, that wasn't very pretty, but as far as pretty, I mean, I guess are like extra cutesy. I mean, that last scene with them on the couch, they were just lovey dovey. And that, that was a little, but I didn't mind it. I mean, it was great. I agree. Mm -hmm. I thought that was adorable. And I will say that's part of my pretty parade is just his whole house. Like, and so the setting in which that last scene happened, they were at his house. It was really lovely. That was one of my pretty parades. 
Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do it real fast, just because Jenna Lee's clothes in this whole movie really made me happy, especially her opening pantsuit, because it looked amazing, like power suit, pantsuit. It was like purple-ish, navy-ish, and it was um, spaghetti-strapped, and just one piece, it was like a onesie jumpsuit, jumpsuit, I guess. Yeah. And it had an open back, but... I mean, besides me wondering how she uses the bathroom, I just thought she looked killer in it. And that was that and her red heels that she wore a couple times in the movie. Those were my pretty parades. Well, um, well, I actually specifically wanted to call out her other jumpsuit that like masqueraded like a a ball gown that she wore to the soap opera convention. Like the top was very like ball gown-esque but then it was actually a jumpsuit and it had pockets and I was like yes I'm so into this Um, that she wore with the red heels (laughs) I I absolutely loved it I thought she looked fantastic she looked particularly like great in this movie I feel like Jenna Lee's a beautiful woman but I thought in particular she was pretty well styled this whole time you know there were two outfits that she wore that I absolutely hated they are my antis. <laughs> I, and then I want to hear if Betsy talked to Jenna Lee about any of this <laughs> when you're done, Hannah. <laughs> okay. So like her second outfit that she's shown in is this cute little pink dress. And I think the dress was really cute, but the armholes were cut in such a way that I kept seeing like whatever the part of your body is that's like behind side boob, like true underarm. <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> like it's like, it, it is your side, but like, and your underarm, but like even further back than like side boob and further down than like armpit. It just showed too much of it. And it, I just, I kept seeing this thing and I was like, this, this is such a weird cut. And I, it's throwing me and I hate it. I didn't it. even catch that. Wow. I caught it both times. I was like, wow, I have like really noticed this. And I, ugh, I really didn't like it. Like when, when she wasn't like moving her arms and you couldn't see that, I thought it was a cute little dress, but it just like those holes bothered, bothered me so much. Um, and her, f- not, I guess it's not her final outfit because there's the cute like post scene, but when they go to like declare love she is wearing this shiny skirt and a shiny top and I feel like I liked both pieces I just hated them together I loved that top so much (laughs) like but I I, like that top wanted like jeans to me it did not want a tight fitting shiny yellow skirt Betsy did Jen Lily talk about her costume at all when you were chatting with her we didn't even get to the costumes I will say I know like a couple days ago before the movie aired, she put something on Instagram. Like, did she cut her hair and get it back to short brown? I mean, this is, it's, it's all, it's a visual thing. So we're kind of like going off, but I, I agree. She looks great in every movie and I, she's rocking the long blonde. She's had the short brown. I mean, she can rock any hair color, which not everybody can do. So I That's mean, true. she's one of the lucky ones. I, yeah. what did you think of like the, um, the collared top, like the Peter Pan collar top. I didn't hate it on her. Like, I feel like it can look very matronly and we've, we've actually talked about it before, but not on Jen Lily, but I think she pulled it off. 
I think that, and it also, I felt, I felt like that style with the collar and like the sweater is so very much that profession, that character of looking put together, but also kind of like, and I'm not going to say schlubby, but all like comfortable. I felt like that was a really good look for a showrunner. You know, I yeah. thought it fit. I did do have to say the fact that they kept calling what she was doing producing when it was so clearly show running. <laughs> I was a little bit like, really? Why? I think they call showrunners producers in the credits. Eh, I think you would. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I feel like my knowledge of uh, Unreal, which we'll get into, <laughs> is making me feel like that. Before we leave the topic of costumes, um, Linda, who played Alice, she, did you even notice how she had like her collar popped multiple times throughout yeah. the movie? I thought that was funny. <laughs> she is just, she just kind of comes off as like, I'm cool. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I would strive to be her in, you know, 10 years. <laughs> I think you've got 20. I'm being gracious. <laughs> you look good for your age. Thank you. I'm 87 years old. <laughs> All right. So let's do across the universe. This is the segment where we, we kind of go across Hallmarkdom or uh, made for TV moviedom. Uh, if there's anything that resonates. Um, the only one that I said I mentioned a little bit before is this show is called forever is a long, long time. And there's a, there's a show that has a lot of Hallmark performers on it. That there's one of the shows that like just casts a lot of Hallmark people and it's called unreal. I just mentioned it. And it's about like a bachelor type show. It's great. Um, But that show is called everlasting. And so I just kept thinking about everlasting and forever is a long, long time the whole time. And that's my really, really uh, not good (laughs) across the universe. Or you're really unreal, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Betsy, did do you have anything specific or should I jump in? Because I've got a couple. <laughs> well, I know you uh, said other than the actors, but I couldn't think of anything. I mean, obviously, Jen and Ryan were on soap operas, but also the actor who played um, the older man on the soap, he, Sir, Sergei Howd, Hood, I don't want to say his last know. name, yeah. but he's, he's Canadian, but I think he's like French. So French Canadian. Uh, anyway, he was in two summer nights movies this summer. He was in obviously this one and then the Baker's son. So I just, I mean, that was nice to see him twice. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah, well, well caught. <laughs> um, so my across the universe, I, my first one was uh, uh, Ryan Pavey and Jen Lilly have starred together in a Hallmark movie before. Uh, they were in Harvest Love, um, where Ryan Pavey is also a gardener. <laughs> so I decided <laughs> he was a gardener in both. That's a good one. I, I didn't movies. even realize that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, right at the end of this movie, he says, I believe the line is, I'm still in love with you to Jen Lily. And at the end of, uh, Unleashing Mr. Darcy, which I've decided is a parallel universe to this movie because he has a dog and, uh, a blonde girlfriend, um, <laughs> which obviously is enough to make it a parallel universe. He says, like, am I still in love with you? Yes. 
is like one of his final lines. So I just he has the same dialogue. He just reuses all of these lines. Ryan, come on, get better writers. (laughs) Just kidding. These were great. (laughs) So that was that was my across the universe. Well done across the universes, friends. Um, Our next segment is new and noteworthy. Um, This is things that uh, we don't often see in these movies. So, uh, or these types of movies away from the tropes. Um, So why don't we start with you, Betsy? Would you, is there anything that struck you as new or noteworthy about this movie? Um, I liked, uh, do you feel like, I mean, so many Hallmark movies, they're in Seattle, they're in Portland, they're in some place that's slightly overcast. I mean, this was set in LA, and I liked that. I wish they would go more outside of the Pacific Northwest. Not that there's anything wrong with that because it's amazing, but it, it's nice for them to go to other places. I don't feel like they do that very often. Um, I liked the storyline that it was different. I mean, although there are certain tropes that do occur in these, it was different. I don't feel like I sat there thinking, I have watched this before with two other actors, same storyline, different farm, different town, Christmas tree, you know, (laughs) so this was nice. How about you, Katie? Um, I, I kind of agree. I loved the L.A. setting. I just it's just filmed brighter. They they up up the light when it's L.A. to make it look like the you know, California sun. So I appreciate the lighting in this movie. Um, but my main new and noteworthy is uh, the scene where um, Ryan Tavy and Jen Lilly go out to try that like Ruby cocktail was in the middle of the day. So I would like it to be a segment of a, a little daytime drinking is pretty new. <laughs> Um, and I have that we have a male makeup person. The person doing the makeup is the guy. And I was like, yay. Yeah. Cool. Had a great blazer. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of like the uh, tertiary characters in these movies, I thought they were pretty great. But our next segment is supporting shout out. So was there any character in this movie that you feel needs an extra shout out? I'm going to take this one first. Um, because Zach, the agent was Casey Manderson, who is such an unsung Hallmark hero. I love him. He's wonderful. Um, he's my supporting shout out. He played a great agent. Uh, I didn't have any, but I would agree with you. I, he was probably my favorite character in the movie. (laughs) That's great. He was in You're Baking Me Crazy, I think. And he was the brother. Yeah, he was the brother in that. Um, I cannot think of the guy's name. I'm looking it up. I'm like, what is your name in real life? The guy who played like the network head, he was in Cedar Cove and he played um, Andy McDowell's brother, Will. And he was, he wasn't the best character on that show, but it was just, I thought he was interesting to watch. Just, I don't know if it's just because I used to watch Cedar Cove, but (laughs) he's he's the one, but I I, I like the agent. (laughs) Very cool. All right. I guess it's time for kiss meter. Let's rate these kisses out of 10. Uh, there are two. There's the, the like, I love you and we're in love kiss. And then the like button, we're, we're a couple and we're watching our show kiss. So starting with kiss number one, Betsy, what do you, did you have a rating? I like, it's funny. I forgot there was even like a first kiss, I guess, because it didn't stick out in my mind. Although I'm sure it was perfectly fine, but I did like the last kiss 
because I felt like it was a more intimate situation than we see usually like they do the kiss and they pan out or whatever it is, or they're in front of a group of friends or they're on a pier or what, what have you. But this was like more intimate and I liked that. So I'm going to give it like a seven and a half. Very nice. That's a good one. Uh, Hannah, I want to know what you thought before I. Okay. I was pleasantly surprised by these kisses I thought they looked like they were like having fun uh they they were not like some of the kisses that we see where they like smash their faces together um and then don't move and are like we're kissing we promise (laughs) um this was like no we're going for it we're gonna kiss each other for real um so the first one it was cute and sweet and like definitely points for the setting on this little like dock in his like personal pond I don't know um but I gave it an eight and then the second one when they're all sweet and comfortable on the couch and there's a dog I gave it an 8.5 yay okay cool so I'm glad I went last because I am going to just like hit it over the top because I agree with everything that you guys have been saying. Hannah, I agree. They looked like they were having fun with this kiss. They looked like they really wanted to kiss each other and they're two beautiful people putting their faces together. So I gave it a nine. Um, And so, but what pushed it to the nine was we had a little, not quite a foot pop, (laughs) but we had a little tendue in the back where she just like, it just made it look kind of a cute little picture. And I decided just to give a nine to the number two because of dog. Dog, yeah. <laughs> I said. Dog definitely made it extra special. <laughs> That's so funny. The foot pop. I mean, you instantly think of the Princess Diaries. Well, we, I hope you get your real first foot pop and kiss. <laughs> yes, exactly. that's a hundred percent what the foot pop is. So, <laughs> thank you, Betsy, for getting on that train with us. <laughs> oh, if it's a Princess Diaries reference, I'm here for it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, so now we're at the part where we either recommend or don't recommend other people go out and watch this movie or how or how much effort one should put into watching this movie uh, and finding it. And uh, so, Betsy, would you recommend other people watch this movie? Is this one that you would will remember in a year? You know, I think it is just because it was different. I would recommend it, especially for fans of soap operas, because I'm sure some of it maybe wouldn't click with people who don't watch soaps. They're like, what? He, he, his twin brother's coming back to life. I don't understand what, but if you love soap operas, I think this is definitely a way to kind of get a a peek behind the curtain of maybe what that's like. So if that's up your alley, I totally recommend it. I'm split because I thought it was really cute. Um, I felt a little slow to me. Some so I, I kind of felt my my attention drifting when the when it wasn't a commercial break. Um, but I I kind of want to piggyback of what off of what you're saying, Betsy. I thought they could have gone more with the soap opera parodies. I kind of wish that they had. Like this to me kind of feels like your run of the mill a Hallmark movie, but set in soap opera land. But they, I feel like they really could have had fun with the soap tropes, like even more so like having like more drama either behind the scenes or, or being super outlandish, like on the soap opera. I I would have loved to have seen some, some crazy dun, dun, dun kind of like 
like stairs. I don't know. That was just my opinion. Um, I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to do it with the people you're doing it with, do it. I, I, I wish it w- I just wanted a little more. That's all. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? I am kind of on, like, I don't have any real complaints about this movie. So I can't say like, it's one of the ones that I would like actively avoid. I just, it doesn't, it, w- it was, the stakes felt so low to me. I was not as engaged as I think I really wanted to be. It didn't grab me to like keep me involved. It, I guess it's more of like, if I want to watch a movie like this, it's probably because I want to see a Ryan Pavey movie and this is not the one I want to watch. And Hannah only wants to watch A Timeless Christmas. <laughs> Oh, he just fits in that time era so perfectly. It's so good. I love it so much. (laughs) It's a bonkers bananas movie and I'm so here for it. Um, Yeah, I just like, like, it's one of those ones where like, if it was on and I didn't have anything to do, I wouldn't have like a problem watching it. I don't think it's a, you know, it's not a like, oh God, I've got to turn off the movie, the TV type movie I just don't think that it's one that I'm going to be like you know what I want to watch today a little daytime romance like I don't think that's ever going to happen oh well we've had so much fun having you on the podcast Betsy um can you let everybody know where they can find you well, sure. Thanks for that, Katie. Um, you can listen to the podcast at www.hallmarkhappenings.com. And happenings is a long word. So if you need to look up how to spell it, that works because it is just really long and a bit of a tongue twister. Or I'm <laughs> on Instagram, mostly uh, at Hallmark Happenings Podcast. Thank you guys for having me on. I love you both. You're so fun. And it's always fun chatting. We're so excited that you were able to come on and talk about this movie with us. Um, And we just want to thank everyone for uh, listening with us today. Um, You can make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. One kiss means forever. We're the one and the four numerals. And, uh, you know, we're when this comes out, we'll still have plenty of Saturday night live tweets to go and then we're going to hit Christmas. So basically it's the rest of the year. (laughs) So (laughs) we, we definitely think everybody should follow us on Twitter. (laughs) And uh, that, and if you would like to email us any of your favorite uh, soap opera recommendations, if they're streaming anywhere, I would love to see passions again. You can email that information to us at one kiss means forever at gmail.com. Uh, and as always, thank you to Flint Pastors for our intro outro music. You can find his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we will see everybody next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. I, I don't know why I wave. Nobody sees me. I always wave. <laughs> <laughs>